Hello and welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Justin. I'm here with my other host, Tyler. I'm the other one. You're the other one. You're always the other one. I am always the other one. So, you ready for this album today? I'm so ready for this album. This one kind of surprised you, didn't it? This one came uh, from behind, and I was delightfully surprised. Before we get into this one, how many songs have you heard off this album before? Not a damn one. You know that? I haven't heard any of these songs. I didn't think so. It's why I chose this album today. Mm -hmm. I thought you may enjoy it. Of course, by the title of this episode, we are doing Black Sabbath and their album Master of Reality. Let me give you a little history on Black Sabbath. They're an English rock band formed in Birmingham, England in 1968 by Tony Iommi on guitar, Bill Ward, a drummer, Geezer Butler on bass, and of course Ozzy Osbourne on vocals. Their original name was titled Earth, which I think that's kind of a cool name for a group. It's fitting. They changed their name to Black Sabbath in August of 1969. It's more fitting. Well, it is now. <laughs> in retrospect. I think so. This is a very religious group. I think a lot of people that may not know Black Sabbath very well see them as Satan worshipers or something like that. Or Yeah, they get a bad rap, don't they? They do because there's some pretty heavy Christian roots in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. So Tony Iommi is the only constant member in the band still to this day after many lineup changes over the years. So their debut self-titled album, Black Sabbath, it had serious negative critical response to it. Mm. The so-called critics. None of them liked it, but as far as commercially with the fans, it was success. I think it's because the fans listened to it rather than just read the uh, the band's name. It's probably a good idea to do that. But yeah. all in all, though, Black Sabbath, their music is filled with ominous lyrics, and it's kind of doom-filled music. That's the way it does seem if you don't really dig down into the lyrics very it, heavily. Yeah, it's um cautionary tale or lyrics of, like, warning. Yeah, and I think the thing that goes into this is kind of like when you said you hadn't heard a single song off this album. That's pretty common, even mm-hmm. clear back to the start of these guys. They were dismissed by most, if not all, rock critics, and they didn't get hardly any radio play this album to be exact really none of the songs get radio play maybe sweet leaf you hear every once in a while but it's pretty rare yeah and what i really liked about this album is even though i haven't heard any of the songs it sounds a lot like uh other black sabbath songs i mean the first song sounds like war pigs there's other songs that sound like iron man there's that that black sabbath song or 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 sound in Throughout this album. Yeah, I think early Black Sabbath definitely has a sound to it, especially with Ozzy. So Iommi writes most of the music for the band, at least early on, while Geezer Butler wrote most of the lyrics, not all of them, but most of them. They started featuring tuned-down guitars, especially on this album. That was one thing to get that deeper, darker sound. They oh. they tune the guitars down and give it that, that ominous sound we were talking about, that yeah. evil type of sound. Oh, yeah. Uh, that makes sense now. So all in all, the band sold over 70 million albums worldwide. They're one of the most influential heavy metal bands of all time. In fact, a lot of people think they started heavy metal or heavy rock, whatever you want to call it. That's easily seen in listening to their albums without a doubt. And, you know, even though they were ignored by the critics and ignored by radio, I mean, 1970s, when they really were popular, they sold 8 million records in the 1970s. And so they were one of the bigger bands without any help from Mm -hmm. any kind of media. So in 1979, the band fired Ozzy Osbourne, mainly because of some kind of substance abuse, which you wouldn't put together with Ozzy. I mean, nobody would put substance abuse and Ozzy together. No, he once had a monkey, but he, the monkey wouldn't drink alcohol, so he bit his head off. 
something like that. Something like that. All in all, while Ozzy was with the band, they made eight albums, and they did one other one, so they actually did nine, but the ninth one was in 2016, titled The End. Ozzy was replaced by Ronnie James Dio, and with Ronnie James Dio, the group made four albums, and then Ian Gillen, who we know from Deep Purple, he was a lead singer from 1982 to 1984. They've had multiple other singers, Glenn Hughes, Tony Martin, and Ozzy's rejoined the band for reunions and things like that. He was with the band from 97 to 06 and 2010 to 2014 and still, I think, plays some spot shows with them and things like that to this day. But do you want to get to the album review? Let's do it. And now it's time for the album review. Okay, so today, of course, we're doing Black Sabbath Master of Reality. This is the band's third studio album. It was released on August 15th of 1970 by Vertigo Records in the UK and Warner Brothers Records in the US. And it was recorded at Island Studios in London, England and produced by Roger Bain. Now, of course, Ozzy Osbourne's lead vocals on this. Tony Iommi is guitars, synthesizer, and flute. Geezer Butler is on bass, and Bill Ward on drums. This album reached number eight on the U.S. charts, number five on the U.K. charts, which reached gold in the U.K., and number six in Canada, which reached platinum for Canada. That's pretty good for not having any radio play songs off this thing. And for fighting back against the critics, they're like, oh, no, these guys are terrible. These guys are all top ten. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So this is certified double platinum in the U.S. by the RIAA. Once again, this this album is the first one that's really well known for the tuned down guitars that give it that darker sound and feel that we've kind of come it, to accustomed with Black Sabbath. Yeah, it's such a signature sound, and that's probably something I'm going to say a lot during this album is that you're going to hear a lot of signature Black Sabbath. A lot of people, not necessarily critics, consider this one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time, and it is included in many different greatest heavy metal album all-time lists i have a hard time i i can see why people say black sabbath is heavy metal but to me it's just good music good rock good heavy rock because it is rock and roll oh yeah not every song on this is heavy metal no and i don't really even put them i mean when you get them into the 80s and stuff they got more heavy metal this to me is just a heavier version of the rock and roll that was going on and a little darker Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard rock there's some of it that's actually Pretty soft and mellow. Well, and the one thing about it is it's all melodic. Funny enough, you can understand Ozzy better when he sings than you can if he just talks. True. So Rolling Stone has ranked this album as high as 298 on their top 500 list. So the album cover is kind of interesting. It has a Black Sabbath band name in purple, and the Master of Reality is embossed in black lettering. The later reissues have the album name in non-embossed gray lettering, which is what mine is. It's a a later issue. Okay. That makes sense because, I don't know, like it it takes a second for you to see the black embossing because it's on black background. Yeah. It looks cool. The gray is just easier to read. Yeah, and the the original U.S. album was actually different than the U.K. album, and the album I have is a reissue of the U.K. album, and it's just a little bit different format of the album. It's kind of out the format that's followed, yeah. even with the reissues and things. So do you want to get to side one? Yep, play it. Side one. Okay, so side one opens up with what's probably the most popular song on the album, if we can say there is a popular song on this, is Sweet Leaf. Now, this this song was written by the whole band, or at least credited to the whole band. This is the song that starts with that loop of Tony Iommi coughing from a joint he was smoking there in the studio. That really took me by surprise because I, I thought, because I, I got a little bit of a tickle in my throat tonight, thought maybe you were making fun of my asthma. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. That's part of the song. Way to go, Tony. Part, signature part of the song. 
And and a lot of people do consider this one of Black Sabbath's best songs and one of their signature mm-hmm. songs. The song title is actually taken from a pack of cigarettes that had a tagline on it that it's the sweet leaf. But I think we do know that this song's probably not about tobacco. No, it's about wacky tobacco. Yeah, I mean, is this song the beginning of stoner rock? Could be. Could be. Sure sounds like it. This has been covered by a lot of bands, most famously the Butthole Surfers, Red Hot Chili Peppers. What are your thoughts on Sweet Leaf, Tyler? This is a song that starts off with that, or it sounds a lot like that War Pig style that I was talking about. And so you're hearing a lot of the same Black Sabbath sounds that you really come to enjoy. It's got excellent drum rolling, a good heavy bass line. It's played really nicely. And this is definitely a love song for marijuana. Let's see, there was a lyric in there that says, you know, straight people won't understand or something like that, or straight people won't love you. Maybe I'm just too straight. I, I, I don't really get the whole marijuana thing but i'll tell you something there's millions and millions of people out there that do and i think it's because of them that this song is so popular because hey we love marijuana right sure and uh good for them (laughs) i'm just not even that marijuana is like a druggy thing i'm not one of the potheads that's gonna wear a marijuana leaf on my shirt and be like hey man let's listen to the grateful dead apart from all of that this song stands fine on its own i like this song i enjoyed it what are your thoughts well you stole my tagline on it because i was gonna first say a love song to weed (laughs) yeah which which it really is. You know, I love you, sweet leaf, though you can't hear. And it's funny talking about straights because at the time that was what a straight was. We yeah. refer to someone that's straight as something a little bit different nowadays. But <laughs> but at the time, you know, you had the people that did drugs and the people that didn't who were the straights. And, you know, this has got a really good heavy guitar riff in it, which that's one thing I love about Black Sabbath is the heavy riffs they employ. Classic Ozzy Osbourne vocals, without a doubt. It's got good bass. It's got a really decent guitar solo in it. It fades out. I don't really like songs that fade out that much, but it's okay on this one. I think if I had to nitpick this song is, much as I like Bill Ward on drums, the drums are kind of tinny sounding on this. I think everything else sounds really good. and I, I think it has more to do with the way it was mixed. And maybe that's the way it's supposed to. They don't want to put a lot of that symbol into it. They're trying to have it more bass-driven. I've always mm. liked this song. Out of any song on this album, though, this is the one that I've heard the most, without a doubt. But it's a good song. A great song. So that moves us to After Forever. So the music on this one is by Tony Iommi and the lyrics by Geezer Butler. But... The song is credited to the whole band once again. Now, this was the first single they released off the album, but it didn't chart. And Fairies Wear Boots, which is off of Paranoid, was the B-side on this. And we, we know why it didn't chart, because radio stations didn't want to play it. This song... If you listen to the lyrics and really dissect the lyrics or go look them up or whatever, it has heavy, heavy roots in Geezer Butler's Christian background. And it's really funny because, like I stated earlier, the band's referred to as Satan worshipers and they started the satanic music and nothing could be further from the truth. What's what's your thought on After Forever? Oh, I completely agree that this band is like your original Christian rock band. These guys are, you may as well call Ozzy Osbourne pastor, because, I mean, that's essentially what he is, and even a Christian pastor. He is preaching 
to us. And this is a th- like this is a song about uh, Christ. He says, you know, that basically referring to the stuck up people as being Pharisees, the the people who crucified Christ, and they talk about that in this song. But uh, it's got a very heavy handed Christian message that, like, hey, you need to spread love, not judgment, not not hate. If you want to be a follower of the Lord, and I like Ozzy Osbourne. He's uh, I, I like that this whole band. I mean, the, they're going to credit all of the band with writing. I'm going to give the band all, all of the band the credit. And this is a song that's got that signature Black Sabbath guitar that I really like. What you got? Well, keep in mind that Geezer Butler wrote the lyrics. Ozzy's just the deliverance. I believe that. Yeah. So I, I don't know how Christian or how, how religious Ozzy himself is. I'll tell you something. I promise you that Kenneth Copeland does not write his own sermons. Good point. <laughs> and by comparison, I would much rather follow Ozzy Osbourne than I would Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. What do you like about this song? Well, once again, it's got a great memorable guitar intro with really heavy, thick bass. The drums are much better in this. It's, once again, got signature Ozzy Osbourne vocals. The guitar throughout this is what I think really shines in this song. It's got a fast beat. It's got a good breakdown in the middle, and it speeds up at the end. I I really like the message in it. I'm not a super religious guy by any means, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I like the questions it asks. Is God a thought within your head, or is he part of you? But, I mean, this really is trying to denounce bad or evil Mm -hmm. and talk about good and love i mean really when it comes down to it this is a musically this is one of my favorite songs on the album i just really like how everything meshes together it's amazing that it's got such a religious undertone but such a heavy dark sound yeah for real and you don't put the two together very often no you really don't and i think that's what i like about black sabbath that these guys they say that they're like their message that they're putting out there is not something you want to be quiet about. So the whole loud, heavy metal screaming, it's like, hey, listen, we have something important to say, right? Yeah, so that moves us on to the next song on the album and the first of two instrumentals. And this is very long instrumental, clocks in at 28 seconds, so just barely under half a minute. It's mm-hmm. written by Tony Iommi. Nothing really special about it, but somehow it works as just mm-hmm. a little interlude. This song is so short, I only had time to write one word about it. And what was that? Cello. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a cello. That it's kind of interesting. I think this could have been easily or easier used as an intro or an outro on a song, and it sure. wouldn't have done any different. But, mm-hmm. of course, we've made a rule this time that when we have instrumentals, we cannot rate them as our least favorite song because mm-hmm. that's an easy way out. Yeah. So that moves us on to the next song, the last song on side one, Children of the Grave. This is another one credited to the whole band, but once again, we know who wrote the lyrics and the music. It's basically a song about young people of the generation, of the time, you know, the early 70s, that they should all stand together show that love still exists and they really need to fight rhetorically speaking for peace and to end all these wars going on you know to have love in the world reign overall it's it's really a warning to those children or future generations that they're going to end up in the same grave all these soldiers are ending up in if they don't do something to fight this. This song, I know, has been covered by White Zombie, among a lot of other heavy metal bands. Uh, What are your thoughts on Children of the Grave? Oh, this is a beautiful song. This is a song that should be covered. I hope plenty more bands will continue to cover it. This song, 
I think this song has my favorite rhythm in this on this album because it's got the it's driven by the guitar. It's driven by the drums, but it's got this guitar that's dun, 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 you know just keeps it running and charging, and that's what it feels like is is like an entire generation charging towards a cliff. Black Sabbath saying, "You guys need to stop it." and do something better with your lives or you're going to end up going right over that cliff and end up in the exact same grave as previous generations. Now those previous generations, World War One, World War Two. Of course, this is like in the midst of Vietnam. So war is still prevailing. It's still going on. Even today, and here we are 50 years after this, and it's still going on. That message still needs to be, That's why I say this really needs to be covered even more. It's beautiful. I, I love it. I love the lyrics in this. I love the instrumentals behind it. It's it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful song that war is stupid and senseless. What do you think about it? Yeah, I like this song too. I, I really like the intro to it. I believe it's a double bass. It sounds like a it's really deep sounding. Mm. I guess it could be the guitar tuned way down, but it sounds like a double bass, and the bass is good throughout. Mm. And once again, it's got really good guitar licks, melodic licks that really hook you in. The only thing I'd be critical on this are the vocals are a little echoey in it. They were mixed kind of funny, and I but I, I love this song nonetheless. I That's a nitpick. The middle section of the song kind of reminds Reminds me of Black Sabbath self-titled song Black Sabbath on their self-titled album Black Sabbath. <laughs> if you've heard that song, it, for some reason it reminds me of that. It gets really dark, and <laughs> I really like that. One thing you didn't talk about is the drumming in between the verses. You've got oh, Timbali, yeah. or uh-huh. I believe that's what it that's is. That's what we looked, we looked up. up. Yeah, the, the Timbali. Yeah, it kind of like sounds this big like a booming drum. Yeah, it almost sounds like a bongo or something, yeah. but it's it's really wooden sounding, but it fits in perfect. It does. It's separate from the drum drums that are played throughout it only comes in at the end, towards the end of the verses and it comes in and gives you this hollow almost like a war drums like you know native americans playing you know where you got like a stretched skin yeah it's a yeah. cool cool sound I, the guitar work and it's great the guitar solo at about the four minute mark in the the song is excellent. And of course, the song ends with what kind of sounds like an atomic bomb because he talks about that earlier in the song. Yeah, and that's where the the big drums start rolling. So it sounds like an atomic bomb, but it's those huge big drums and boom, 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 and it's just rolling through. Yeah, this is a good song with a good message. Once again, another dark song. You'd probably think it's satanic if you didn't really listen to the lyrics. Yeah, it sounds really dark because he's telling you stop war because it, war is a dark subject. It's funny that we somehow associate dark sounding music or heavier sounding music to Satan. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it is what it is. So that's the last song on side one. Do you want to get to side two? Let's flip it over. Side two. So side two opens up with Orchid. It's the second of two instrumentals. This one's a little bit longer than the first one. And this one's just an acoustic instrumental. It's written and played by Tony Iommi. I like this one better than the other one because it's a little longer. It's more calm, simple. It doesn't fit the album at all, but for some reason it works. Perfect. Yeah. It's a, what, palate cleanser? Yeah. Yeah. Just to start off, just a little little instrumental to start off the side. In fact, it is just a little bit longer than Embryo. Uh, I was able to write two words. Oh, what were those? <laughs> Guitar plucking. Well, that's better than nothing. So. That's, that's what, <laughs> and that's what it is, yep. So let's move on to the next song, song yeah. two on side two. Lord of This World. This is another song credited to the whole band. And it's basically written about how we live in a world where people do 
a bunch of evil things instead of loving each other. Kind of the theme in this album, right? Mm -hmm. And how they're greedy for possessions and how none of those possessions, none of the things that you lust after will matter at all when you're dead and gone because you're dead and gone. It's possibly the song refers to the Lord of this world is actually Satan. He's the one ruling this world or evil force, if you will. What are your thoughts on Lord of this world? This has a super heavy guitar that Black Sabbath started the heavy metal movement with. It's so excellent. Love this guitar. And this is the song where I really feel that the heavy metal songs seem to be the ones that have the biggest message, the most important messages that they're really trying to drive home. In fact, this song sounds a lot. It sounds very similar to Iron Man, their other album. And I really like the sound of it, but... I think that with the the writing of the lyrics and the way that Ozzy is screaming it, I think he now needs to be referred to as either Pastor or Reverend Ozzy. What do you think? Fair enough. When I was listening to this song, I'm like, wow, Black Sabbath uses heavy music to make a message so loud that you really can't ignore it. And yeah, I mean, they, this is a song that's about Satan, but it's more about how this world has served Satan and followed after Satan rather than following after love and God and God is love. Really one of the big themes that behind the, the songs of this album. Really like it. Credit to the whole band. Well played, well performed, excellent song. What do you think? Another really good, memorable, heavy guitar intro. It's probably my favorite intro on the whole album. The one thing about this song, if you listen to it musically, I think this song has the best drumming throughout, and I think it has the best bass throughout. The bass in this song is really, really thick. Mm -hmm. It's another great Aussie vocal. Aussie's vocals, you either like them or you don't, because he's he's definitely got a definitive sound until we get to the next song. Until, yeah, because he's got that signature Aussie scream, right? I mean, if you don't like it, you don't, but... Mm -hmm. I don't tend to like a lot of Ozzy's 80s music, and it's obviously the same voice you're hearing here, but it, it fits in better with this to me. Yeah. I think this song's got really good imagery. You know, I like the parts where it says, your soul is ill, but you will not find a cure. The bass in the middle of the song, once again, the bass is the best in the song, along with the drums. It's got a great guitar solo to kind of end out the song, which I really like. It's got a good guitar solo in the middle, and a good all-around song. I really enjoy it. So that moves us to the next song, Solitude. And if anything, this is funny enough, the shortest song on the album, or the shortest song that actually has lyrics to it, at five minutes and two seconds. It's kind of funny because the next song's the longest at barely over six minutes. So all the songs clock in between five and six minutes, with the exception of the two instrumentals. This song, once again, is credited to the whole band. This song's kind of interesting because this is what I'm talking about, where Ozzy's vocals, they've got some kind of delay effect on his vocals and they sound really weird actually that's not the way to put it they sound strange for ozzy but yeah. i i love the way they play out on this you've got bill ward playing sleigh bells and tony iomi playing both the flute and the piano on this song and this song is most possibly about a major breakup of some kind, introspective into that isolation and the loss and the longing it brings with it. What are your thoughts on Solitude? I think they really capture that theme of a breakup, a really ugly, nasty one, because the way that it's played, it feels like the like you're sifting through the burnt ashes of a recently ended love. It's real haunting with the flute. It, most shocking of all is Ozzy Osbourne's singing. 
He's got a really nice singing voice. And I mean singing voice. You don't even recognize that it's Ozzy Osbourne. But boy, he's got a nice voice and sings so so nicely. Real talented guy. I really enjoyed listening to this song. I was very moved by it. This song felt longer than the other songs on the album, probably because it's slower and more deliberate in the way that it's played. It's very pensive and very thought-provoking the way that it's played, the things that the lyrics say, and the things that the instruments say. Because this is a song I really felt. I really loved it. What do you think about it? Well, Solitude is definitely the most un-Black Sabbath-y song on the album, yet somehow it's one of my favorite Black Sabbath songs. So the vocals on it are great. I think they sound amazing. Whatever delay effect they put on Ozzy and the way he's singing, I think it's great. This The song opens up with a great soft guitar. It's played good. The song, one thing, and this is not a critique in any way, it's a very monotonous song. You don't have a lot of breaks in it and different choruses and things. It's very monotonous, but that's what makes it a beautiful song. That, that's what solitude is, isn't it? Is yeah, it? yeah, it, yeah. It really is. It's got great bass work throughout. It's <laughs> perfect. It's simple, but it's perfect, and it sounds good. The guitar yeah. works is great. And I've never been a huge flute lover, but the way they use the flute in this is perfect. It kind of gives it a mm-hmm. medieval feel in a way. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. And I do like flute when it's used right, like Jethro Tull and a lot of, especially an Aqualung, obviously. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite albums of all time. It's used perfectly, but sometimes it can be overdone too. But it is perfect in this song. The bells, you know, when you, if somebody had written down that you're going to listen to a very slow Black Sabbath song with sleigh bells, piano, and flute, you'd think you're damn crazy. But everything fits in this song perfect. It really shows a different side of Black Sabbath that uh, shows that they got, they're not just a one trick pony, you know? Yeah. And this song is very makes you sad it makes you feel that emotion and yeah. feel that loss so very very good song yeah when my wife finally wakes up and realizes she can do better and she leaves me i'm going to listen to this song good choice so that moves us on to the last song on the album into the void now this song is the longest song on the album clocking in at just barely over six minutes once again it's credited to the whole band this song is basically about the conditions on earth when they become so unbearable this group of travelers decides to leave the earth. They fly off the earth to find a new planet to inhabit. You know, leave all the troubles on the earth because if you really listen to this, the lyrics is Satan is ruling the earth. And so we've got to get out of here and start somewhere new where we can build love and freedom again. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on Into the Void? It starts off with this long instrumental introduction. And I, I liked it. I like the, the instruments, uh, once again, setting the tone for the song. Then the lyrics start in. Uh, it was a little difficult to understand the lyrics, so I'm glad that we were able to read them, you know, along with it, because uh, it felt like I, I wasn't able to catch what the, what was being said with my ears. I had to read it. I love the message to stop destroying and, and polluting the planet, because and this is like 50 years before global warming was uh, a concern, like 40 years before Greta Thunberg was even born. I'm just like, wow, Ozzy is a prophet now once again i don't believe he wrote the lyrics probably not but hey he's uh he's ozzy osbourne he's saying that so i'm just gonna go with that fair enough all right um what did you think about into the void 
I think it has a great intro section. The guitar lick to start it is great. Thick bass on this one again. The, the guitar riff throughout is really thick, and I like it. I think this song out of all of them has probably the weakest Ozzy Osbourne vocal, and I think that's because he's singing maybe a little too fast, and like you were saying, to understand the lyrics. But yeah. it's still good. It's just not quite on par with some of the others. Uh, it's got a breakdown about halfway through the song where it kind of changes speeds and things, and kind of adds a different dimension to it but and it's got a great guitar solo at the end of the song it's a good song it's not my favorite song on the album but it's a really good song and i think Mm -hmm. it's a good way to end the album i mean over a six minute song usually seems a lot to suffer through but this isn't it's a good song and this album's a really short album and a real easy album to listen to yeah it's, it's a good album do you want to get winners and losers let's do them winners and losers Okay, Ty, I know you said you're going to have a hard doing this, but why don't you give me... (laughs) This is going to be a tough one to give winners and losers. (laughs) Why don't you give me your two or three least favorite songs on this album? And of course, we cannot... Can't do instrumentals. That's not fair. I guess you can if you want. It's our podcast, but... Um, All right. Well, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the... They're not bad songs, though. They're really good songs, but they're just not, what, songs that strike me to the core the way that the rest of the songs on this album do. Yeah, that's saying something because like all of the songs on this album were just really well done. So the first one, Sweet Leaf, once again, I'm not a pothead, so it doesn't really resonate within me. Not a bad song, though. I I think it's a, a nice work of art. And the last one, Into the Void. The only reason I'm giving Into the Void as a least favorite is because I wanted to understand what was being said rather than having to read it. So those are my two loser-ish, because I I can't even call them losers. Every song on this is a winner. What do you think? Well, it's kind of interesting you say that, because where you hadn't heard any of these songs before, these aren't heavy radio play songs or even occasional (laughs) radio play songs. But I'm in the same the same boat and i know in other episodes i've said there's no losers but i'm not going to cheat here and if i was to pick a loser i can really only pick one and we're kind of on the same page with that i'd pick the last song into the void the void i could also say that probably has the best intro of any song on the album mm-hmm. but i think it just lacked in the vocals and i think the instrumentals on these even if we're picking them they're not long enough to really have an impact either way they're just Mm -hmm. kind of a garnishing on the album and into the void don't get me wrong it's an excellent song i love it i would never skip the song when i'm listening to it it's a damn good song it's just if i'm gonna pick a loser on the album the other ones are a little stronger than that for sure so what do you pick as your winners your top two or three favorite Okay, that's the one that's getting to be very difficult for me. Because After Forever, winner. Children of the Grave, winner. Lord of the World, winner. You know, uh, I'm all of these are winners. Uh, you know, Solitude, winner. I think since I can only pick two, I'm going with Children of the Grave and also with um, Solitude. And both of them for the same reason, because I feel like the music and the message match so well and really convey the feeling that you're supposed to have. This is like standing in front of a painting and really experiencing the feeling that the artist that created the painting is trying to give to you. And it's just coming through so clear. Those are my two winners. And they're just a the very froth of on the top of the cream that I'm skimming off the surface. So what are your winners? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying there's not a loser on this album. And the thing about it is if you even halfway 
know Black Sabbath, if you know Paranoid, if you know Iron Man, give this album a listen because this it's not a hidden gem to Black Sabbath fans. It's not a hidden gem to heavy metal fans, but I think to certain people it would be. Mm-hmm. Certain people that stick to heavy radio play and things like that. This yeah. album is amazing. And it, it's short, and there's not a bad song. I mean, you've got eight songs on it. Two of them are instrumental. So you've basically got six songs mm-hmm. with vocals. And the one I picked as my least favorite, Into the Void, is not a song I dislike even in the least little bit. But if I was to pick my favorite song on this album, I'd probably toggle between Solitude and After Forever, uh, without a doubt. And I can't really say which one's the best. But then probably my second would be Children of the Grave and Lord of This World, or mm-hmm. Tide as well. Yeah, uh, Sweet Leaf is a really good song. I guess I just don't find myself liking as much because I've heard it. That's a bad way to say it. I love mm-hmm. the song. I'm just not comparing it as heavy to the other ones mm-hmm. that I really, really love. I've always liked Solitude because it's not like Black Sabbath and it fits perfect. Very different. Yeah, yeah it's very different, but it it hits just right and it's and it's amazing song so in fact so much so that i think i want to see more of that in black sabbath i want to see more of the solitude type songs boy it's a it's a work of art i I love black sabbath i love the you know ozzy osbourne screaming and you know having a great time but boy solitude just threw it, it came out of left field for me and i loved it yeah some albums you get songs are so different they don't fit but sometimes they're so different it fits and that's that's how it works here. Mm-hmm. This is this is a great album. Yeah. Do you want to get to the album rating? Let's rate it. Album rating. Okay, if this is your first time listening, um, our rating system is zero to ten. Zero, it's garbage, and we're gonna burn the album. And if it's a ten, it's so awesome, I'm gonna go out and buy it. So if it's a five, it's smack dab in the middle. Justin, how many tens have we given out on this? Um, I believe we've given a couple. I've probably given more than you. Yeah, I think but keep I keep in mind I usually pick the albums, so yeah. if I know it's a ten beforehand. Just... I think I've only given two tens and uh one was the Who Who's Next and the other one was the album by Carol King. Those were just amazing. Yeah, Tapestry. Yeah, Tapestry, that's the one. I have a, my third ten tonight. Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. I'm buying the album. Where do you put it? That's actually surprising to me. I, I knew you had never, or most likely never heard the mm-hmm. songs on this. I didn't see you rating it a 10. And albeit yeah. I didn't see you rating one of my favorite albums of all time higher than I'm going to rate it. <laughs> but I this album, as much as I love it, I can't quite get to 10 for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because it's only really got six songs on it. True. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm I'm at a nine and a half. This album was super easy to listen to, and the writing on it's beautiful. The instruments are a work of art. Even the two instrumental songs, they're so short, you don't even care that there's no lyrics. And you know, they stand on their own as really well-done instrumentals. This album's just perfect for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not biggest Black Sabbath fan mm-hmm. in the world, but I have their self-titled album. I have Paranoid, and I have, obviously, this one, Master of Reality. Yeah. And I love those three. I really haven't dove into anything much of theirs other than mm-hmm. that, other than a few songs here and there, yeah. but I think I'm going to. Yeah, I mean, for the songs being like five to six minutes long, they don't feel long. I don't feel like I'm just slogging it out through a, a song, you know. The album went fast. All the songs go fast. They're, they're good rhythm, driving music, good relaxing music, good listening music. Super easy to listen to. Never thought I'd hear Tyler saying he's going to go buy a Black Sabbath album. I, I never thought you'd hear Tyler say he's going to go buy a Black Sabbath album. But hey, I might join the Church of Ozzy Osbourne after this. Who knows? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. Let us know what you think. ClassicVinylPodcast at gmail.com. And once again, we really appreciate you giving us a listen. We know there's a lot of podcasts, more specifically music podcasts out there to listen mm-hmm. to. So we appreciate if you're listening to us now. But until next time. See ya. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends. Mm-hmm.